the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Colin Cowherd podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. All right, everybody, welcome in. It is our Thursday, yeah, a day early, our Thursday Colin Coward podcast. Nick Wright, Chad Millman, it'll be great. We always do fake questions, real answers at this time. I've got a lot of things I want to talk about, but I don't want to wait for you to ask the questions. It's fake questions, real answers. First question. Dear Colin, of all the teams that made the NBA playoffs, which one took the biggest step back? What a great question. Boston has a dilemma on its hands. They're not great with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum as their three most valuable players. Didn't say three best. Two are the best. One's valuable. But they're not bad enough to get great draft picks. They're an NBA quicksand. They feel like Portland to me. One great player, another really good one. Portland and Boston need to make a big swing. For the Celtics with a now rookie head coach and a rookie GM to catch at Milwaukee. I think you have to trade Jalen Brown, swing big, get a Bradley Beal, get a Dame Lillard, and start over. Otherwise, you're Portland, somewhere between the 11th and 16th best team in the league. Not bad enough to get a great pick, not good enough to matter. Dear Colin, if you could buy one suffering pro sports franchise right now because you could turn it into a success, which one you buying? You know, I thought about this. I'd go Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, get them at a discount. Mike Brown's been the owner since 1991. He's arguably the cheapest owner. They haven't won a playoff game in that entire time. 
That is hard to do in the NFL. Vanilla Ice has had more success in that time span. I wish I was joking. The Steelers and the Ravens have strong owners and are very well run. And now the Cleveland Browns appear to have an Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski combo that's certainly commendable. What are they? Well, what they are is a team that averages five wins a year in the last half decade. But I've got Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins. They've elevated the offensive line. And I think Zach Taylor is going to work. This team with the right ownership, I think, would have a real chance to break through. That's the kind of team I'd buy. The Cincinnati Bengals, believe it or not. Dear Colin, people gave Adam Schefter a lot of shit for dropping that Rodgers news, Aaron Rodgers news, remember that, on draft day. But it's pretty much been the only news that's happened all offseason. Shouldn't we be thanking him for his service to Sports Talk? Actually, yes. If the world was full of Mike Trouts and Kawhi Leonard, I would own a bait and tackle shop. I would literally not have a career. In the end, I'm loyal to tire fires. I need problems. I need car wrecks. And Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest, is great content. LeBron James, aging, is no longer a driving force in my business. Tom Brady's probably got two years left. Russell Wilson is great, but kind of boring. Aaron Rodgers, we can't deny this. He's the most interesting quarterback in the NFL. Mahomes, he's a good soldier. He's loyal. Josh Allen, same thing. Justin Herbert, not overly verbal. In the world I live in, the NFL is king, and I need a court jester. I need somebody that pushes back, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is. You watch the match. You watch that celebrity golf tournament. He was toying with the Packers. He was poking them in the ribs. He's great content. Dear Colin, I want you to know you are the world's greatest sports opinionist. (laughs) That is awfully kind. But who are the people you turn on when you hear a sports opinion? You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't listen for sports opinion. I've got my own takes. I always have. I listen for format, teasing, your guest list, your advertisers. Can I steal one? In my business, opinions are not something I'm ever short of. But I do look at my competition to see who's getting booked, what are the topics, who are the advertisers. It's a combative, competitive world. I'm here for it. The truth is, when it comes to content, if I want politics, I tend to go Bill Maher. He makes me laugh. If I want sports, there's a handful of columnists I trust. Bob Kravitz, Indianapolis. If there's a Colts issue, he and Greg Doyle usually come out with a smart answer. I just go to cities, often rely on veteran newspaper guys. They've been around. They're well-connected. They're smartly sourced. That's who I rely on for information. I don't really rely on anybody for a take. Dear Colin, we're about halfway through the year. What's the best story in sports that happened this year? And please don't say Brady winning the Super Bowl. I actually think we're watching it with Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Think about this. You do not go from awful for a decade to the best team in college sports. Men's, women's, lacrosse, football, basketball, soccer. It doesn't work that way. The only place it could potentially happen is, say, professional sports. A baseball team, Kansas City Royals years ago, Ned Yost, the manager, all those draft picks, they pop in a year. That was a really, really captivating story. The Royals were terrible, accumulated draft picks, were a very athletic team that didn't really have an ace. They had a very good bullpen. They manufactured runs, and they become a World Series champ. That's a little bit like Phoenix. 
all these young players pop at the same time, add Chris Paul, stir and serve. I think it's a fascinating story. I don't think you see it. I don't think you see a team that's bad for nine years, has a regrettable owner at times. They had to go get a coach, a GM they liked. But it does prove that if you draft well and you develop and you're patient, and Phoenix did, sometimes it just takes one smart veteran to make the difference. The Suns are largely the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good young players, quarterback and point guard were always the issue. Think about it. Tampa Bay for years would get A's, B's on their draft picks. Jason Light was a great GM, but they didn't have somebody that could bring it together. Brady shows up and they look like far and away the most talented team in the NFL. Well, what was Phoenix? Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker drafted well, developed, but they didn't have somebody to pull it together. So I think it's interesting that in the last calendar year, the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns are largely the same story, bad and irrelevant for a decade, suddenly appear to be easily the best team in the league because of one transformative leader, Tom Brady, Chris Paul. All right, let's bring in my buddy, Nick Wright. We only get him once, twice a month. We love it every time we get him. So no big surprises, game one for me. Uh, Milwaukee did what Milwaukee did and often does. They start slow. They don't make a lot of adjustments. Phoenix, meanwhile, I think is a tough team to play in an opener. The Lakers found that out. Denver found that out. The Clippers found it out. Yep. The Bucs, they're very relentless. They play with urgency. They're very quick. Uh, they're young. They're twitchy. They're a hard team to match up with. And I, I just, I mean, all four of those teams have, have faced kind of the same thing. I mean, I think it's incredible. They shot 20 free throws, made all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and I, I said this before the series, I said, don't let this this stat be forgotten. Milwaukee's not a great free throw shooting stretch. Phoenix is amazing. And three three of these games will be decided in the last two and a half minutes. Uh, now, that wasn't the case in this one, but I, I nothing threw me for a loop. It looked like I thought it would look like your thoughts. Well, the, the, the most surprising thing to me was that Giannis played. And that's why if I'm Milwaukee, I actually feel pretty good about being down 0-1. I, listen, you, you're right that Phoenix has been at their best in game ones. And conversely, Milwaukee's been at their worst in game ones. Game one, yeah. they, they beat Miami soundly three times. The one they almost lost was game one. Remember Jimmy Butler forces overtime, you know, at the buzzer driving past Giannis. So they weren't good in that game one. Brooklyn beat them up in game one in Brooklyn. And Trey Young scored 47 on them after. And that was kind of remarkable because that was Phil. They had just played Philly two days prior in a game seven. So Milwaukee had the extra day of rest and still Atlanta came in and beat them. So it wasn't shocking to me that Milwaukee lost. The, there's two to me most interesting things aside from Chris Paul, which I know we'll get to. One is the free throws. And you're right, Phoenix is the far better free throw shooting team, but Milwaukee should get to the line more often than them. So they should right. probably in this series both make about the same amount of free throws per game, but it's because Phoenix is going to go 17 of 19 and Milwaukee is going to go 17 of 26, right? Last night, Milwaukee didn't get to the line at all except for Giannis. Drew Holiday drew one shooting foul. Brooke Lopez drew one shooting foul. That was it. If you look at the free throws, Giannis has 12. Drew and Brooke have two, and that's the entirety of it. So to me, there is 
they they will get a better whistle. But the more important piece, in my opinion, is that Giannis looked like he's going to be fine for this series. And if he's fine, he scored 47 against them in the regular season in the first game, 33 in the second game. They don't have a real answer for Giannis. So I think this will be a long series, and I think Giannis will be able to put his imprint on it. But obviously, if Chris Paul outscores Giannis, every game that happens, the Bucs are going to lose. But I think the Bucs should feel pretty decent about being down 0-1. You know, they remind me a little of the Ravens. They play better downhill and with a lead. They're not a team really built to play from behind. You know, their star doesn't shoot great threes. Middleton's streaky. I think their biggest issue is going to be, can they go into games with two and a half minutes left with a four to a six-point lead? That's going to be tough. Then I think, yeah, then they get their twos. They can get their dunks. Then they're fine. I, It's like Baltimore. Baltimore's built. They can win from behind, but they're not built to win from behind. And I think that's Milwaukee's issue. I, I do think Phoenix, I said this the other day, they're the Buccaneers. Good young players all peaking, they've developed them. They just didn't have a guy to cinch it all together. So you bring a Hall of Famer past his prime, who's sort of known as more leader than great athlete, Chris Paul Brady. And a year later, you're like, oh, wow, this is the best team perhaps easily. Maybe there's the Chiefs, maybe Buffalo, and in the NBA, if if AD and LeBron are healthy, maybe, but I do think there's the the equivalent team here is that, and it's a great, it's a cautionary tale on be patient, draft well, develop, and then you don't have to add a lot of pieces to make it work. I mean, you had Ricky Rubio out, Chris Paul in. It's a completely different franchise. Completely different Jameis Winston is good enough to start for a lot of teams. He's out, Brady's in. It looks like a completely different franchise. So uh, there are similarities here that I think this is where I say Chris Paul. Chris Paul screws up a lot of arguments and a lot of stats. It, they shouldn't be this good, right? So that so that line, I agree. With, I think it's a really great comp, and it took you less than five minutes to bring up the Super Bowl. So your streak remains intact of torturing <laughs> me with the with the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. So congrats to you on that. But the last point to me is the most relevant one, which is the stats. And, you know, when you when I first started coming on your show five years ago, uh, you know, I was kind of like the stat guy. Like, I'd bring up these, like, LeBron numbers or numbers people hadn't heard and try to tell the story through the numbers. I understand the numbers. I respect the numbers. I appreciate the numbers. And I think they're useful in formulating arguments and opinions. But... NBA evaluation, not just in the media, by the way, by some front offices, has become so exclusively about the numbers that I think sometimes you miss the brilliance of an individual player and the things that he does. And Chris Paul is the perfect example of this. And Colin, you've heard me use this comp before, but I'm going to use it again because it's the perfect one and it's instructive. So let's think about Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas. To win championships in the 1980s, in his own conference, he had to go through the Celtics, who had four Hall of Famers, at one point, five Hall of Famers. 
you had to go through the Bulls, who had Jordan for the almost entirety of the 80s, the entirety of when the Pistons were great. And then they did have Pippen three years after Jordan got there. And so you have one of the two greatest players ever, plus Scotty, who's one of the 40 greatest players ever. And, of course, they bring in Phil Jackson. And then if you get to the finals, you're probably going to have to go through the Lakers, who are, they have Magic and Kareem and Worthy. Scott, Isaiah Thomas, Mars, who's a good player, Adrian Dantley for part of the run, Mark Aguirre for part of the run, and Dennis Rodman. Again, all really great, good players. But who's the best of that group? Probably Rodman, who is a, a specialist, a great defender, and a great rebounder, but can't score to save his life. So how did those Pistons win two titles and arguably were an Isaiah Thomas sprained ankle or just a bad call in game six against Kareem away from winning three in a row? How did he have a winning record in the playoffs against Bird, a winning record in the playoffs against Jordan and break even with Magic? How? Oh, well, he must have been one of the greatest players ever. Well, go look at his numbers. It's like 17 points a game. So how does it compute? Because he understands what Chris Paul understands, which is it is my job to get the most out of this team, which means I need to understand what makes DeAndre Ayton tick. I need to, what will, what do I need to do for DeAndre Ayton to make him the best rim protector he can be? What do I do, need to do for Devin Booker? to make him fully engaged for 40 minutes that he's on the court? What do I need to do for campaign to convince him, dude, for 10 minutes a night, you can be me. You can be better and press all those buttons. And when I've talked to Isaiah, Isaiah, and he was right because, and I know I'm going on and on, but I think it's worth it. Oh, please. Because Isaiah saw that I had referenced when I was initially doing my all-time NBA list that he was lower than he thought he should be. And I was like, man, I was like, it's tough. Like I, I appreciate you as a player. I was like, but you know, never won an MVP. The numbers are what the numbers are. And he said, Nick, you think I couldn't score 35 whenever I wanted to? He goes, that's not what our team needed to win. That is not, and, and, he, and he told me, he goes, look, look at the playoff games when I knew we needed me to score. He goes, I did. I always could, but it wasn't the best way for us to win. And when you see Chris Paul, who has scored more than 32 points three times in the last three regular seasons, last three <laughs> years, he's done it three times, but he did it to close out the Nuggets. And then he did it to close out the Clippers. And then he did it in his first NBA Finals game ever. And he's also a guy who's going to end his career with no MVPs and with good but not overwhelming counting stats. It's like, oh, he just understood what it took for his team to win and sacrificed on his own. And by the way, it did it shorter than you. I mean, he's I've stood next to Chris Paul. I've stood next to Isaiah Thomas. They are both a fraction shorter than I am. I'm barely six feet tall. To do that, it's just remarkable. And to me, they are the same, not the same guy, but very similar guys in different eras. And almost the last of the true, true point guard is what we have in CP3. The NBA Finals are finally here, and FanDuel Sportsbook has a championship offer you don't want to miss. 
because during the finals, new users get 30 to 1 odds on the Sons of the Bucks to win that game. That means you can win 150 bucks on a $5 bet. I like the Suns in game one. I like them comfortably. With FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to win. And when you do win, getting your money's a layup. You'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. Just sign up with the promo code Colin. That's the key, the promo code Colin, to bet the NBA Finals and get 30 to 1 odds. That is outrageously good. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. 150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey. So you're a sports fan, right? That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app, free, recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can, one, see the latest picks and articles from the Action Network gambling experts, two, compare odds from different sports books, and three, Track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. 
Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Yeah, the, the best point guards I've ever seen are Magic 1, Steph Curry 2, Isaiah 3. Everybody else can argue. I didn't watch Oscar play. Sure. Stockton wasn't capable of scoring a lot of points. There were limitations there. You know, it, it goes back to something. You know, when Julie Talbot hired me as the president of iHeart, and Premier Radio. She said, I hired a storyteller. It wasn't about my sports knowledge. It wasn't about my voice. It wasn't about my resume. She said, I listened to you and thought, he's a good storyteller. It's not always about sheer numbers, data, stats. Take Charles Barkley. If I was to say, the best basketball analyst is probably the greatest player to never have won a title, he didn't work terribly hard. I'm not sure he watches the games all the time. He's easily the best analyst in NBA history. You'd be like, that doesn't make – that's Charles Barkley. Right. And But Charles tells a good story. Charles has good timing. Charles is funny on the set. He's got a, he's got a Terry Bradshaw comedic DNA yep. that you just can't teach. And I, and I think to Isaiah and Chris Paul – there is, there is, we, we never understand the value of self-awareness. Carmelo Anthony's more talented. He always kind of lacked that. He just didn't quite understand the value of committing in the offseason, the value of committing on the defensive end. You know, he was offended by Jeremy Lin. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, just embrace it, right? And, and I think Chris, I think you have to be, I think Chris and Isaiah, and there are players like this. Now, less skilled with Shane Battier or Chauncey Billups. They understood how to lubricate the moment. Um, there are certain people that in a, in a room of tension, a good attorney does this or a marriage counselor, they balance the argument out. Yep. They ask the right questions. And I think to your point, we get so caught up in data. There are just certain guys that like lubricate a locker room. And, and, they, and I think I, and it's, I've seen this all. There are just certain people you put on a TV set and they make the set better. Well, and there's certain things. I thought you were going to take it a different direction when you mentioned Julie, which is the best point guards share the same features as the best bosses. You understand the people you work with and understand that different people need different things to get the most out of them. You know what I mean? That you might respond very differently than someone else that she works with to criticism. Maybe, you know, somebody that I know it's an old cliche, but, you know, you, you go to the sugar cube or you go to the whip like, well, it depends on what horse you ride. It depends on who you're working with and the ability to understand the different things. And by the way, Chris maybe didn't always have that. Chris, you know, when you see him with the Clippers and he gets there and Blake thinks it's his team and DeAndre Jordan's a foot taller than him and Chris is screaming at both of them. Maybe Chris didn't understand exactly the right leadership style i also think it helps that everyone on the suns is so much younger than him there's almost like a respect your elders component to it like they literally grew up watching him and so they are going to fall in line but i want to go one more thing on the on the numbers which is i there is i because you mentioned barkley and barkley you're right he's the he's the the best basketball broadcaster but, you know, he's not someone I necessarily would hire in my front office, at least in a leadership role, 
because I think he is too dismissive of the numbers, right? The numbers right, are right. valuable. But the same arrogance that some of the retired players have with the, if you didn't play, you don't know what you're talking about, or those numbers are stupid. Uh, some of the numbers folks have mimicked the exact same thing, which is acting as if sports, basketball in particular, can be boiled down to a science. And it's not a science. There is some science to it, but there is also an art. There is also a feel. There is also a, hey, guys, I know all your numbers told me all year I should be terrified of Utah. I wasn't. And I wasn't wrong. Like there is there is an element of if your numbers are telling you that Rudy Gobert has more of an impact on winning than Chris Paul, then your numbers are wrong. And you've got to <laughs> understand that those some of those numbers are fungible and are they're not set in stone the way we're coming up with some of these advanced metrics. Now, some of them are super useful, but you've got to be able to take them all, put it all in a pot and stir it together and then say what makes the most sense. And I think Chris Paul is a great example of it because by the numbers, Chris Paul should not have been in the top 10 in league MVP voting by right. the eyes and by the story of the season. He should have been top three. And I think you and I think should have been number one. Yeah. And the reason I was using that Julie reference is she said, Colin, I hired you as a storyteller, not because of your sports knowledge or voice. And yet she's a great radio exec. And I guess my point was with Barkley and with Chris Paul, you, you can look at certain things, but there are just certain qualities that the box score cannot tell you. And Correct. analytics can't. I, I, I had an NFL GM tell me one time. He said, and I've used this many times, he goes, you'll see this guy that dominates college. He gets to the NFL and he doesn't want to get hit. And he goes, a lot of these big guys dominate high school and college. They're just, they're just the bully. They're the bigger, stronger kid. And then they, in the NFL, they meet their equal and they don't have the stomach for it. Do you have, the GM said, do you kind of have the, the makeup to burrow through another man's soul? You've got to be as a defensive player a little off. Yep. That's uh, you've right. got to be a, offensively. I need you to memorize a playbook. Defensively, I need you to run through walls and play with pain. And you that doesn't show up anywhere. If you're a bully in the college game, you just run over players. Right. Except maybe in the Big Ten when you face Ohio State. That's why that Ohio State video becomes crucial in the Big Ten because that's when you meet your physical equal if you're Iowa's best linebacker. Yep. And so, you know, it's one of those things. None of it, 90% of Alabama players, you don't know. That's why so many Alabama players go to the NFL and they're topped out. They don't have a second gear. They, they just can't physically dominate. Anyway, so I want to go to a topic that's non-basketball, but it's interesting. And uh, I've even seen um, liberal or conservative, a lot of commentators land where I do. So Shikari Richardson is a great sprinter. Her mother passes away. And we, we all do this. Um, you have a cocktail, you smoke a joint, whatever you do to medicate, right? Self-medicate somehow. Yeah. And I've done it more than a few times this week. So the point being, there are those who say rules are rules. Now, first of all, um, there are bad rules. 
<laughs> so I don't think um, I think performance enhancing drugs should be banned. I don't think pot and alcohol should be or a cigarette, by the way, nicotine. You want it? Smoke a cigarette. Um, but I've also had throughout the course of my career, lots of contracts and contracts have been torn up regularly or rules have been broken in contracts and that contracts a lot of times aren't worth the money they're written on. I remember years ago when I worked at ESPN. There was a stipulation in the contract so that other networks would have the opportunity to vie in the NBA. And so I was talking to an executive at ESPN and he said, yeah, our window doesn't open for a year to talk with them, but we're already negotiating with them. <laughs> and I said, you know, is that illegal? And he said, nah, it's just, it's just the way that the game works. Even though it's rules, networks could sue. And you're talking leagues, sports companies. Yeah. And the reality is you put it in the contract and it in the end, it just doesn't matter. You have relationships. Fox and ESPN and NBC and TNT have relationships with people and you start working on the contracts even outside of your negotiation window. And so in, in Miss Richardson's case, my takeaway was this is an exception and exceptions are part of life and uh, she gets a do over and just let her compete. There are people that are rules are rules people. And there are many instances, country club, don't wear a denim jacket, you know, don't wear a tank top. Like, I get it. I get it. But in this instance, my guess is you side with me, which is well, nicotine, alcohol, pot. That's it, not it, what we're testing for. And listen, we don't even have to go down the the. We, listen, there, there's a whole separate conversation about the origins of any type of cannabis prohibition and how it takes 10 minutes of light research to be like, oh, wow, this is wildly racist. Like the whole thing was about scary Mexicans and Native Americans 70 years ago. And then it just became a way to keep the thumb, your thumb on black people. Like we don't even have to go down that route about how insane America's war on weed has been. Take that out of it. Let's just talk about what you're talking about, which is the rules are rules, people. Because you said it very diplomatically. I'll say it another way. Uh, do I? Yeah, they're dumb. There's a word for them, dumb. Uh, the inability to recognize that the entire world is built on rules changing, being ignored, or bending. So, like... You, you, there, there was, I'm going to, uh, there was an article today about the FTC taking a hatchet potentially to non-compete clauses. So non-compete clauses are a big thing in our business, which is like, right. you know, if I today quit FS1, I, I'm not allowed to tomorrow just show up on ESPN. Like I have a non-compete clause and while maybe I don't love that. I, in our business, I understand it. I understand why it's dangerous for a broadcast company. And they're like, well, if you know you have a job with someone else, you might on your last day say some wild things and like, come watch me. Like, I get that part of it, right? But the Jimmy John's, the sandwich maker, was making their cashiers agree to non-compete clauses. It was in their <laughs> employment contract that they couldn't for six months go work at Subway. That's a rule. That was a rule that sandwich artists agreed to. Anybody actually think they should have to follow that? Anybody, well, that's a rule. I don't know what to tell you. I know what to tell you. 
That rule is fucking stupid. Pardon me. And they should have the ability to ignore it and it should be changed. So why do I bring that up? People act like the USA track and field bylaws were given by Moses upon high on stone tablets. They're just words written on a piece of paper that anyone at any time can change. And so you have an instance where you have a generational talent for an event that is held maybe, maybe twice in her entire athletic prime, which, by the way, already all of this is weird because it was supposed to be held a year ago. Guess what? She wouldn't have tested positive a year ago. Her mom didn't die a year ago, but a damn pandemic is. She's in a state where marijuana is legal. She finds out from a reporter her mom has passed away. She self-medicates. So she tests positive, and then she runs that 100. They could have simply said, you know what? We're changing our rules. You don't like it? Apply to be the president of U.S. track and field. Good luck to you. They decided not to do that. But then they went a step further, which was even by their own rules, she was eligible for the relay team. So the relay team has six spots, only four actually run, but you bring six. Two of those six are coaches' picks. They could have picked literally any woman they wanted to. She was eligible for that. And they still chose not to pick her because they said it would have been unfair to the one of the women who was already picked, but she was going to be on that team virtue of winning the 100 meters, you have an auto spot. It is beyond me that some of these organizations insist on cutting off their nose to spite their face. It is beyond me that some people, ostensibly smart people, want to act like that every rule there is isn't changeable. We have uh, we have a constitution and it's been amended, what, 27 times. That's the constitution. You don't think U.S. track and field can say Shikari Richard, Shikari Richardson can run? Of course they can. And we also saw some smart ish people, you know, start be, argue, well, the slippery slope. If you allow marijuana two days before qualifying, who's to say you're not going to allow them to, you know, inject black tar heroin in the starting blocks. And it's like, you just sound stupid. And it's just so frustrating. You know, it, it's I, whenever somebody is very rigid, one of the things my mind goes to, to, to prove them wrong is what do they deeply care about? Well, all people deeply care about their kids. So if somebody came to me and said, rules are rules, And I say, it's interesting because your daughter has a midterm tomorrow, which will decide her grade point. She needs an A to go to college. 8.30 is when she has to be in class. And I know there was a car wreck outside of the school and she showed up only five minutes late, but rules are rules. She can't take the midterm, not college. It's amazing how quickly rigid guy wants breathing room. Like how many times in your life have you had to argue on behalf of your kids who have broken a rule, have been late, have screwed up, but we understand they're kids and there are weird circumstances and there's a wreck outside the school and you're late. If you look in your own life, how often do we all break rules? It's called the speed limit. 
It's the speed limit. (laughs) And you you bring up kids and I'll, you know, I'll share something with you. It's been now been almost five years. So I don't think he'll mind, but I look at, um, that a a very similar rules or rules instance as a fork in the road moment for my son in a, in a, in a bad way. He has since recovered from it, but he and some friends, his senior year of high school, it was right when I was coming, right when I started working with FS1. So I was going LA to Houston back and forth. And he and his, some of his friends, his senior year of high school, uh, some of his basketball teammates got caught smoking weed. And, and this is the other, the other element to it, to the Shikari thing is she admitted to it. And, I, I think there is an argument to be made that this is another example of why even if you did something, you should never admit to it. You got nothing for it. You got no grace whatsoever for admitting to it. You were getting no dispensation. And if you just said a false test, nonsense, I'm appealing, maybe she gets to run. Who knows? But so to go back to what I was saying, so my son and a few of his teammates get caught. And the coach does the, listen, Whose is it? You know, if someone doesn't say something, everyone's in trouble. And to this day, I don't really know the exact story, except for the fact that my son said, mine coach. And the coach thought it was going to be okay. Coach thought, okay, you're not going to play in this tournament, uh, but I have to report it to the school. Colin, they kicked him out of school for two months, ended his basketball season, ended his college recruitment. He had to go to a school 45 minutes away that my poor wife, I'm in L.A., you know, during the week, had to drive him to every morning, uh, like a school for a reform school or something. I I called the the school board like, what are we doing here? He's never been in trouble. He's a good, not great, but a good student. He's an exemplary athlete, a great citizen. They're like, well, it says right here. If at a, you know, these, this is, this is the black and white rule. And he admitted to it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, so like that, that's an instance where you, and I thought wrongly, all right, I'm going to get a human being on the line and we're going to talk like human beings. Like, hold on, let's all pause for a moment here. Nobody benefits from this. He's not accused of doing anything violent, nefarious, anything. It's high schoolers smoking pot now should he do it of course not but their stance was it's like a it's a black and white this is there is you know like a mandatory minimum thing and i think people's lack of flexibility on certain things they don't the question i always ask is to whom does that benefit to whom does shakari richardson not going to the olympics benefit to whom does saying we can't use reason and logic and evaluate things on an individual basis benefit. I don't know that to this day. And it's infuriating to me. Yeah. No, I, I, I think as I've aged, I was more black and white in my twenties. I, I think as I've aged, gray is the predominant color I live my life by is that, you know, I've got two biological kids, four stepkids. Um, I'm divorced. I bounced around in my career, had multiple homes just in Los Angeles. My, my life's a lot of gray day-to-day decisions. I mean, there are certain rules I live by, you know, spend less than I make, 
be a good citizen, help other people. But I, I find rigid people not, not able to adapt. I mean, you see it in the sports, Nick. There's just a lot of people that can't adapt. And it, 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 what's always amazing to me is when somebody can't adapt, they get fired, a GM or a coach. Next job, they still can't adapt. I'm always yep. fascinated. There has to be a lack of IQ, a, a lack of self-awareness. Like if I got fired for something, then the next job, I wouldn't do that or I'd try to improve upon that. But what you'll find over time is people who are unable to adapt in their personal life can't adapt in their professional life. And it haunts them. For their entire life, it haunts them in social settings, relationships, and jobs. I also think some people find it easier to live life by as if there is an instruction manual, so you never have to really actively think on your own. And if you simply say, "What you know, I I am who I am. I'm not going to adapt," or "Rules are rules under all circumstances." then every decision is far easier as opposed to evaluating things on its merits or be willing to evolve, be willing to say, okay, this is what, to your point, this is what cost me either in a previous relationship or a previous business. And now I'm going to try to take the lessons I learned from that, whether you want to call it failure or whatever, and apply them to the next one. Some people are just flatly uncomfortable doing that. Um, All right, before we go, July 28th, at the Poker Go Studios, yeah. a $50,000 buy-in, you will face the most notable, recognizable, well-known poker player in America, Phil Hellmuth, who I once saw in an elevator in Las Vegas. He's a big man. He's big. Uh, he plays a big, interesting style of poker where he doesn't suffer many big losses. He either wins the tournament or bows out quickly. It's a different style. Yep. Now, this is the biggest moment in your poker playing career. I told my wife about it. I said, I think Nick could make several hundred thousand dollars a year minimum uh, playing poker. I'm not sure. He he may want to do radio, TV, satellite, whatever. I said, I really think Nick's calling is poker. And that's hard when you grew up wanting to be a broadcaster. But his real future is probably in sports gambling and poker. So – we got a couple minutes here. Um, as I say that to you, you're a great broadcaster. I think you're as I think you're as sharp and as nimble intellectually as anybody that's ever done radio. And but I look at poker, and are there ever moments that you think to yourself, "I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to become a professional poker player." Because I think if I was as good as you, I would. I would think about it. So I. <laughs> I, if the, this is where the responsibilities of, you know, wife and kids all like you, you evolve as a person, you evolve as your priorities. I, I think the answer to that question is if I were a single guy with no kids, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I think I would have already given it a shot. Uh, and certainly, you know, at this point, I would be, you know, try, I would be actively thinking about it. Now, where I am now, do I think that is going, do I think that if I take advantage of this opportunity against Phil and then kind of build that into something, could it become a bigger and bigger part of my professional life, not just recreation? Yes. But the other part of it is, 
That is, Colin, the thing is this. Let's just say you're right that I could make, say I could make half a million dollars a year playing poker. Just make up a number. It's still not the same as making half a million dollars a year that comes every two weeks. Like that, the and that I respect it and I like it and I kind of it's part of my personality, but it is a very the, the lifestyle of the folks that don't have the consistent, you know, guaranteed income. It's different. And it it has the other thing is, and this is what's hard, and this is where you see a lot where the professional gamblers will tell you the bankroll management is such a big part of it, is it's hard to recognize if you hit a score, if you win a tournament for $200,000, you did that in four days, right? Three days, maybe. It's hard to recognize that might be half of the money I make all year. I have to spend it accordingly. It's hard not to be like, I just won $200,000. I'm going to go buy a car. I can now, you know what, because, and so there, are, there's a lot of parts to the professional gambling that is, uh, Riskier, obviously. It's also to me wildly exciting. But the other reason I'm so excited for this is, um, and I'm obviously contractually obligated to bring up LeBron, and we haven't brought him up yet, so I'll fit it in here. LeBron always uh talks about the Teddy Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena. He writes it on his shoes sometimes. I've never been able to be the man in the arena. My athletic career ended in high school. And since then, I've been a commentator. I've been a critic. I've been someone that talks about the people in the arena, right? It, at least in this instance against Phil, and then we'll see how far I take it, I get to actually be in the arena. I get to be competing with the best in the world and seeing how I stack up. Now, maybe I get rolled over. We'll see. But it is incredibly exciting and i i played with phil and some of these pros before uh at the same place in a different format on shows that actually will air after this one this one's going to air live it'll people will get to see it as it's happening it'll be anywhere from two to five hours long of me and phil going back and forth so i do think i could hold my own and i do think i'm i understand like i'm a good enough player to hold my own and then we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong or maybe I'll be great. But I just I'm I mean, it's in three weeks, Colin. It's three weeks from today that it happens. I know. And so, yeah, I can't wait. Nick, I want to I want to let you go. We got track and field, poker, Chris Paul and a story about my radio boss all yeah. in 30 minutes. Yep, and I Feels and like- I fit in a little nice little commentary on the history of marijuana laws in the U.S. That was a nice little twelve <laughs> seconds of politics for you. All right, buddy. Good See seeing you. you. Bye. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. He's the COO of the Action Network, Chad Millman. So I just talked to Nick Wright. He's playing Phil Hellmuth. I do not play poker. A little blackjack. You apparently have a story that you have thrown money and caution to the wind. What is your gambling story? So, well, many, many stories, as you know, uh, I'm, you know, very involved in the gambling space, but many, many years ago, when I was at ESPN, you were there at the same time. It was like 2010, I think. Uh, because I was deep in the gambling space and I had written the book, The Odds, and so I knew people in Vegas really well. And, and um, I had then, when I, we were at ESPN, started The Gambling Beat, right? I was doing a podcast about it. I was you know, doing radio shows with you and I was writing a column about it every day. Included in that, it was mostly sports betting, but I also started to cover a lot of poker. And so I became known as the guy who was covering poker as a story newsbreaking um, moment event for, um, for ESPN. So one day I'm sitting at my desk in New York City at 30, 34th Street at ESPN, the magazine, and get a, I get a call from a guy who represents Phil Ivey, who is by far one of the greatest poker players who's ever lived. In 2010, he was in the middle of this run where he was winning World Series bracelets and tons of cash games, you know, gambling with Jay-Z, gambling with Tiger Woods, gambling with Michael Jordan. So they say to me, 
look, Phil never does anything and he doesn't. He's very reclusive. Um, he's going on an around the world gambling tour on his private jet for 72 hours that is going to start in Connecticut and it's going to end in Austria, where at the time he was working with full tilt poker, you know, online poker was becoming huge at the time. And so he was going to be in a tournament for full tilt poker in Austria. They're like, do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. So I call up our buddies at E60. They send me a camera crew. I'm going there. I'm doing a story for E60. I'm doing a story in the magazine. I meet Phil in Connecticut. We get into the, the casino in Connecticut and he goes to a private room, a private cage where they keep all the money. He withdraws $200,000, plays uh, craps at a private table, just him for about 35 minutes, wins 150 grand. We go have a steak dinner, me, Phil, his buddies. We get on a plane. We fly to Montreal, land in Montreal, sleep at the hotel, get picked up in a limo, go to a new hotel, a new casino, another private room, massive room, another private crabs table with his own croupier. And he withdraws a million dollars and he is playing craps. He's got dice. He's got chips all over the table. He's throwing dice everywhere. And when you're playing craps on a casino floor, yeah. everything happens in hyperspeed, right? Yeah. It's so noisy. It's so loud. It's the most fun experience in the world. When you're playing craps in a private room with a private croupier and your own private table, you're not doing it for fun. You're doing it because you need the rush of gambling. It is a quiet, intense, unjoyous experience. And at one point, fills up about 750 grand and out of the million that he withdrew. And he looks at me and he goes, you want to roll? I'm like, okay. So I start rolling and uh, I don't crap out, but I don't cash him anything. So I don't roll twice on any particular number. So at one point I've rolled so many times, he's got every number covered. The next roll is either going to be, I'm crapping out or he's making a boatload of money. I roll the dice. I crap out. I cost him $750,000 that was on the table. He looks at me. He looks at me and he goes, dude. And remember, he is an incredibly intimidating guy. Like if you look at old clips of Phil Ivey, it is Phil Ivey giving people stare downs and people like starting to scratch their head because they itch so much by sort of the laser focus of his The perspiration eyes. That, that begins on your it forehead. Is, honest to God, Colin, it's, he is the most intimidating person I've ever interviewed in my life. I would sit down behind, like across from him and like have nervous laughter because I was afraid. He's so much smarter than everybody and he doesn't care about like giving you a good anecdote. He's just going to tell you what's on his mind. And sometimes what's on his mind is scary to hear if you're the person asking him the questions. He looks at me and he goes, dude, you're fucking mush. And that was it. Like we, we then flew from there to Amsterdam, longest flight of my life. And by the way, he ended up making another 1.2 million. It's not like he walked away losing money on the day. Uh, it was incredibly intimidating, but made it for a great story. Made for a great story. That was good yeah. content right there. Yeah. It was, great, it was great content in 2010. It's still good content in 2021. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you my my bet this week, my Action okay. Network bet. Bucks plus five and a half game two, Chris Middleton over 25 and a half points. Why? 
Natural letdown, a little bit for Phoenix, a little desperation for Milwaukee. They'll probably get f- more free throws. And the truth is, the Suns play a style. You can ask the Lakers, you can ask the Nuggets, you can ask the Clippers, and now you can ask the Bucks. It's very hard, relentless offensive style with great urgency to get your arms around in game one. It's a, it's a, they play with almost a collegiate intensity. It's a March Madness feel. Some of it's the naivety or the, the, the juice of youth. We don't get, they're just, I've, I've compared them to the Seahawks the first year they won it. The year before they were interesting. The next year they looked like the best football team in the world. Everybody yep. peaked. And I do think that Seahawk team, go ask Denver. Uh, go ask the Patriots in the second Super Bowl. That first quarter against them, it's just a rush. Seattle was so fast and so loose and aggressive. I think Phoenix is. I think they're really hard out of the gate. They burst out of the gate, and it's hard. They play fast. I do think over the course of a series, you get a little more balance and understanding of the tempo. And maybe I'm talking out of my butt, but I do feel like there are teams that are just built for for first quarters. I mean, you know what? Patriots have never had a touchdown in Tom Brady in New England first quarter. Why? They're they're tactical. They're methodical. The Ravens team with Ray Lewis will blow your doors off. Kansas City can blow your doors off. There are teams. I think Phoenix is a team I'd bet against later in series, but never early. That's my thought. Is it stupid? So a couple of things can be true. One, you can be talking out of your butt and you can also be right. And so I agree with you about backing the Bucks in game two. There's an old theory, and you probably remember this from when you lived in Vegas because it was most prevalent and most uh, obvious as an opportunity for professional betters, probably about seven from the seventies through like the early two thousands, which was, it's called the zigzag theory and bookmakers and betters would automatically be shading or favoring the team that lost the first game of a playoff series. Yeah, yeah. The, the public will be all over them. The public is now going to be all over the suns, right? And the betters are going to come in. You notice this, the, the, the spread for game one was Suns six and a half. Suns won game one going away. They won by 13 points. It was never really a contest outside nope. of the first seven or eight minutes. The spread in game two is five and a half. So clearly the bookmakers are expecting professional betters to favor the Bucs. I would still favor the Bucs at plus five and a half, largely because of a lot of what you just said. There is an adjustment, but also... It was the first game back for Giannis. They're trying to figure out how to incorporate him back into the game plan, which sounds weird. Like, how hard is it to incorporate the two-time MVP and one of the top three players in the league? But look, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday in those last two games against the Hawks, they were world beaters. And then they came out and they were seven for 22 in parts of the, you know, as we were getting through the end of the game. So um, I do think they needed to adjust a little bit. And I agree with you on Middleton. He's always a bounce back guy. and and. I am not a huge fan of Middleton when I think about the Bucs and needing a big three. I don't think Chris Middleton, oh my God, he's the guy that is going to get me over the top. 
And there's a lot of factors that got the Bucks to the finals this year. Um, Chris Middleton, to me, is a nice player, not a gotta-have player. And I do think part of that is the inconsistency. That said, inconsistency holds form. He will have a much better shooting game in game two than he had in game one. Uh, By the way, I also think I consider this. I usually bet SEC teams to win in cover in bowl games. And the reason being is, and that's baked in, they're usually favored. But there's an intensity and and almost a violence and speed to SEC defenses that cannot be duplicated in your practice. And sometimes the time off makes it worse. You're better to have played a week before when you play an SEC team. You're ready for game speed. So I like first half bets on SEC teams. I like betting SEC teams. There, there is a style of play in a bowl game, six weeks off, four weeks off, and you're p- playing Mississippi, and they've got seven NFL players, and you have two, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I feel that way with the West, is that just to give you the difference, I, I like Phoenix in this series because sometimes we don't give Western teams credit because they're facing Western teams. A prime example, if the Bucks got swept in this series, they would still probably be favorites or co-favorites to get to the finals out of the East next year. If the Suns swept the Bucks, they would not be favored in the West to win. Kawhi comes back. LeBron and AD come back. Golden State's going to take big swings. Is I think Phoenix in the East would have swept virtually every yeah. team. So one of the reasons I just like – there are some matchups physically that go Milwaukee's way. But I think the West is so much better. I mean, think about this. The bad teams in the West have stars, Zion Williams and Pelicans. The good teams in the East have stars, Giannis, Ben Simmons, you don't trust in second halves or late in games. So I'm just going to take Phoenix on kind of my SEC football theory, bowl game theory. We almost don't understand how much better Phoenix and the Western champ is over the Eastern champ. Not only – not only that, outside of Brooklyn, you don't even have stars on Philadelphia that, and you mentioned Ben Simmons. I'm thinking Joel Embiid. You double team Joel Embiid. He can't pass his way out of it. So you're completely eliminating the two best players on that team. The only team that has stars you can consistently count on who can play sort of your full round pedal strokes game are the Brooklyn Nets. And we saw what happened this year. They all couldn't stay on the floor at the same time. And Steve Nash, he had an incredible year, but he still had moments where he was outcoached by Mike Budenholzer. And Mike Budenholzer has been outcoached by everybody the past three years in the playoffs for his lack of ability to make any adjustments, which is what's going to make the game in game two so much more interesting because it is going to pit Monty Williams, who has been a brilliant coach, with the Suns these past two seasons against Budenholzer, whose fatal flaw has been his inability to make in-series adjustments and be flexible. Well, plus the pick and roll. I mean, you got DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. I'm not sure even a coach with great adjustments can stop it. I mean, there are teams. Nobody stopped, including the Jordan Bulls and Phil Jackson. Nobody stopped Stockton Malone's pick and roll. I mean, they, they, there are teams that do things so well. You're not, I don't care. The Baltimore Ravens, there were certain efficiencies with New England's offense. You can't stop. That's what makes the Suns so interesting is because they do have 
three-point threats around the perimeter. So you can't leave these guys open. But what Chris Paul can do to break down a defense and then to have DeAndre Ayton playing the way that he's playing. There is nobody who can tell me when he was drafted number one that they predicted him becoming not just a double-double guy, but a record-setting double-double guy, a 15-15 guy, a 20-20 guy, as he's been dominating during the playoffs. All credit to Chris Paul for finding a way to motivate him, which Aiton has said, but also all credit to Chris Paul for finding ways to use his dribble to create space and then put himself in a position to score in a spot that he likes in some mid-range around the elbow. And if it's not there, to have DeAndre Aiton wide open. It's been a masterclass in how to run an offense from a point guard perspective. All right. Chad Millman, Nick Wright, good show. Have a great weekend. I'm going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Can't wait with my kids. Dude. I know. You know what you're doing? What? You're living. Yep. You're just living. Big. Big. Bigly. Enjoy. Thanks, buddy. At The Volume Sports, Twitter and Instagram, rate, review, subscribe. Good show. Have a great weekend. That was a lot of fun. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.